Welcome to Financial Freedom Classroom. We accelerate your results. Thank you for joining us this evening. I want to introduce my husband, John Locke, who's unfortunately out this evening, but he is the owner of Locke & Your Success, LLC. He, we do stock, options, trading, coaching, and education, and he's a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. Myself, I've managed many successful businesses in education, automotive, real estate, computer, consulting, coaching, etc. Uh, together, we are active real estate investors. We've done the whole gamut of real estate investing. We also provide loans and guidance to small businesses. And to briefly go over our disclaimer, the information provided in this presentation is for general information only. We are not licensed broker, dealers, financial advisors, legal, uh, legal representatives, accountants. We do not provide tax advice. Each person's situation is individual and needs to seek professional guidance. But tonight, I am so excited to be talking about social media trend setting with the Vavoids from Epiphanies, Inc. And we're going to talk about how to succeed and lead today with digital and mobile marketing. So here they are. And they are the leaders of the AHA tribe. And they learn their expertise to help people expand their thinking on what's possible and move forward with confidence, relevance, and style. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. Thank you we, so much. We're very delighted to be here this evening. We are thrilled yeah. as well. So what I'm going to do, because we just probably want to jump right into it, but um, I have to say how we've enjoyed, Lanny, how we've enjoyed so much from you working with our girls. Oh, thanks. They, they have been amazing to watch grow and prosper. <laughs> They're ah, such yes. lovely young women now, uh, very creative, and yeah, I've had a lot, lot of fun with them over the years. Yes, and they just adore you, so I'm just I'm thrilled that you, you guys have agreed to come and talk with us tonight, because I know you guys are very busy and very successful in your, in your um, doing branding and so forth, so I am thrilled. So Great. Let, well, we love talking social media, marketing, all of it, so bring it on. We're ready to share. Yeah. Awesome. So let me make you presenter so you can share your screen. All right, ready to go? Yeah, Take it away. All right. So... Uh, we're talking trend setting in social media, how to succeed and lead today with digital and mobile marketing. And we took care to think about trends in a more long-term fashion. So we kind of highlighted the fact that when you talk about trend setting, uh, sometimes it leads to horrible things like <laughs> parachute pants and leg warmers and giant cell phones. And we wanted to let you know that um, we're going to have fun with this and, uh, and share some more photos from crazy times like that. But wanted to let you know that the trends that we're talking about are things that we've been watching for a while and we feel very confident that these are things that are evolving and solid. These are things that you're going to be able to rely upon and not, you know, suddenly find yourself a year from now thinking, you know, why did I go down this route? This is not working anymore. This is stuff that um, has stood the test of time as we've watched it over the last year or two. And we are very confident in it being successful for you and your business. And the other thing about social media trends is that um, things that are popular one year, you build upon them for the next year. So while some of these platforms come and go, um, the functionality of them gets used in later iterations. Exactly. So just to kind of frame the conversation here, we wanted to start off with a quote from a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk, who is a very successful uh, social media-driven entrepreneur. And one of his uh, favorite things that, uh, that 
we've come across from you know the thousands of bond mods he's dropped is the idea that every single one of you every single one of us is a media company now we've all gone past the place where we rely on traditional news media and mainstream media to help get the word out about our business now the power is in our hands and we need to think as though we are our own media companies we need to think in terms of being content publishers and getting the word out in very fun and very creative and very entertaining ways not ways that necessarily trivialize the things that we do but ways that are engaging and informative and keep people um, wanting to interact with you yeah the, the one thing when we come across especially small business owners they are uh, often overwhelmed by their options and they say they don't have time to handle a lot of this social media and I think um, a lot of it has to do with mindset and, and um, choosing to feel the burden of oh I can't believe we have more things to do rather than I can't believe I have all this power at my disposal. I can I can publish a press release, a video, you know, a, a, a tweet, an image. I can I can do everything I need to do within minutes of my deciding to do it, and that is how I get my competitive advantage. And this was not the case. We used to have to wait for big media, papers, uh, radio, TV. Um, we have not had the options that we have now, and the sooner that we can embrace these as positives, the better we're going to do against our competition. You know, when you put it like that, I almost hate to show this cartoon, <laughs> quite honestly, because this is sort of the uh, um, the negative spin on it. Uh, this is a very funny Dilbert cartoon that kind of nails it on the head, where Dogbert says, the only things that matter are social networks, games, and phones. You're not working on any of that, so I arranged for the dustbin of history to do curb pickup, which... <laughs> It's <laughs> sometimes how it can feel if you're if you're trying to catch up with all these things or be like Asok the intern going, please, I Twitter, and it's too little too late. Um, it's it's really not too little too late. There is tons of opportunity, and it is a matter of being focused, as Lonnie said, and realizing that you do have the power. And then it's just okay. What are the what are the steps to make that power something tangible and easy for you to use? And you know what. Alan, um, mm -hmm. we will see Gary again in, later in the presentation, yes. but I do want to at least say that if anyone listening, if you have not heard of Gary Vaynerchuk, he is kind of the Nostradamus of um, cutting-edge marketing strategy and now has over 600 employees right in New York City, and and he's very hot on Snapchat right now. He's huge on, on YouTube. He's he has uh, made it his mission to make sure that his uh, strategic radical visibility is omnipresent and it's making uh, he's now a New York Times bestseller with many social media books he's sought after I he just sat down with Larry King um, for kind of a um, an interview on what's what's hot right now and how um, human beings you know it's not about social media anymore it's about how we talk and engage with each other and how we get people's attention we as companies we as individuals we as brand builders and owners. Mm -hmm. When you say he's big on Snapchat and huge on YouTube, just to clarify, not just that he has big audiences there, that he's making a big splash there, but specifically that these are two of the platforms that he thinks are hugely important to your progress as a business Podcasting, owner Podcasting, he's, he, he's mm -hmm. um, an exceptional person at leveraging time and content and continuing to build his brand by, he'll call it hustle, you got to hustle. Mm -hmm. All right. So for our presentation tonight, here's what you're about to discover, how the focus on social media goals has been evolving. 
um, what to do about fragmenting audiences. What is better than engagement? There is actually something better. Um, and uh, something that's probably very near and dear to a lot of hearts, how not to drive yourself crazy with all the social media options out there, and some other miscellaneous trends to uh, keep an eye on as well. So just briefly about us, I know um, Sherry told you a bit about us, uh, and I'll just tell you just a tiny bit more. Um, we've been in business since 2004, specializing in social media mojo. Yeah, that's true. Um, training, content marketing, branding, and possibility, and we've also... Uh, we were the founders of New Hampshire's largest social media conference, the AHA Summit, that ran for six years from 2009 to 2014. We uh, rested on the seventh year, and uh, uh, we are now in talks about what the eighth year might look like. So more to come potentially. So woo, we'll so see about that. I will also say that we hail from um, Fortune 500 um, online marketing before, before social media was a, a phrase. That's um, true. So we were with online marketing in our blood and learning how to use the internet and, and get word out content publishing and when social media the phrase first was born we were like this looks very interesting yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so for many years or in oh, maybe only till recently for many years people thought we were crazy because mm -hmm. it's amazing how long it took some companies and some human beings to kind of believe that this uh, that any of these social networks were here to stay. Do you know Twitter just turned 10 years old That's this amazing. year? Yeah, just uh, last month. Yeah, so I, and, and I still don't quite understand Twitter. So, <laughs> <laughs> so imagine that, imagine what we heard like 10 years ago and are like seriously you should do this. Yeah. <laughs> what? What is yeah. it? Um, it's yeah. No one quite understands most of the platforms, mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, which you know, if you can get ten percent better at at any or all of them, then you were uh, you're dynamite. Exactly, exactly. So there used to be a time, and this was actually a slide that I had in presentations back in two thousand nine and two thousand eight about all the different social media options that were out there, and it was just as overwhelming wow. then as it is now. Though, funnily enough. A lot of the platforms that you actually see on here no longer exist. Um, Facebook is in there, Twitter is in there, LinkedIn is in there. Um, some of the ones you know that are still around, they've definitely stood the test of time. So there's been a lot of weeding out of social media platforms, which is a very good thing. It means that the choices are actually a lot, uh, a lot simpler than they used to be. But before, and this yes, this slide is intentionally blank. Before we even talk about what the necessary social media platforms are. I'd rather, we'd rather, you think about um, something a little bit different in terms of the way you approach social media. And one of them has to do with your goals. Now, a lot of talk has been you know, made over the years about your reach, your visibility, your engagement, and stuff like that. But the way that social media is evolving now is that the talk is not so much about focusing on the goals of you know, the vanity metrics, as they sometimes call them, of social media. But it's actually more about the business goals that can be well-defined. So rather than thinking about social media in terms of how can I make this post reach more people, it's time to start thinking more about how you can actually use content to further your goals on social media, whether it's driving additional revenue, increasing your customer base, getting more repeat business. Um, sometimes customers are just one-off, and that's one of the um, one of the biggest challenges for businesses is to actually um, retain customers and get repeat sales as opposed to constantly churning and having to get 
new, more customers, new customers in to be able to survive. Um, there's so many different business goals that can be driven by social media. And if your focus is on those first, um, you're going to find that things are going to be more successful for you. That doesn't necessarily mean that all the content that you produce has to you know, draw a straight line from A to B to um, driving a goal, but it does mean that you do want to consider the content that you produce. There are going to be times when, you know, and the percentage varies. Some people say 80% um, general content that's useful and, and engaging and, and uh, great teaching content and maybe 20% promotional. Um, it depends on your audience and it depends on what you've trained them to be used to. You can make it, you know, 90% you know, give me money content. If that's what you've trained people to expect and you do it in a way that's compelling, then by all means go for it. Again, it's just, it's all about creating the expectation with your audience. But think of the content that you do produce for, um, for some of these things about, you know, in terms of what you can do for actual business goals and think about social media goals as a means to an end. So greater reach, for example, is fantastic as long as it means that people are actually then converting. They're coming to your website. They're signing up for newsletters. They're ordering products, that sort of thing. Greater engagement is fantastic, especially if it's getting you word of mouth and it's exposing you to a wider customer base, that sort of thing. All of the goals for social media for reach, engagement, you know, more views, growing your likers and followers, it's only good if it's really helping you achieve a business goal. But you know, it's also kind of a long game with social media. Anything that you're doing on there is brand building, essentially. It's going to develop a relationship with people over time. And so sometimes you're not necessarily going to see the result right away, but you do have to be cognizant that ultimately this is about getting a result. Yeah, one of the biggest mistakes we have seen people make, specifically CEOs who maybe aren't as um, savvy in this space, is they call them vanity metrics. They get very excited if, um, say, Facebook page likers increase by 10 or 1,000 or 100,000. But uh, so what has happened is maybe the company that they worked with knew how to get a bunch of bogus likers. <laughs> but there's, they're not the right people. When you go one step in and, and look at who they are, they're either fake accounts or they you know, add no value or provide, you know, no more customers or no more sales. And um, it's it, those vanity metrics. I mean, we, we all we all have been victim to that, I think, thinking that the numbers, it's not about the reach in, in numbers, it's the reach in value. Right. It's, it's, are they the right people? You know, it's better to have a small, passionate audience that loves what you do and engages on a regular basis than this um, you know, mile wide and inch deep audience. Right, exactly. Right. And I'm, I, Oh, I'm sorry, there was yeah. a question. So, um, oh, yeah. the, the question Andrew asked, um, do you see any further weeding out of platforms? Yes, I would say so, because, I mean, new platforms are popping up all the time. There was a new platform that was trying to be a Facebook competitor called Ello, that um, for a while people were actually very hot about it as well, a one week I think uh, I think it was a bit longer than that I'm Black still getting the pan. Um, and uh, I guess even a bigger example is Google Plus um, Google Plus seems to be dying a very slow death in its way where Google is um, not really providing it with a heck of a lot of support and and they don't seem to necessarily have a clear direction about it anymore. It was going to be a competitor to Facebook, but slowly but surely they have 
you know, let their product managers leave off of Google Plus Teams, and they've taken elements of Google Plus and spun them off into their own products. And so, uh, it's it's still there. And for people who are active on it, you know, it, it's great. But it's not like it's a a huge growth thing anymore. And I think it's going to just die a very slow death, unfortunately. And I just read today that WhatsApp um, has a billion. One billion users, and um, yeah. so they, they have you know some of these networks, some of these apps, some of these uh, tools that people are using. That that's um, they're not even familiar with. Uh, most of us aren't even familiar with or use on a regular basis, and yet you know one seventh of the world is using. Wow, <laughs> that's insane! I didn't yeah. know they'd reached a yeah. billion, but yeah. and that's and they're owned by Facebook. Actually, yeah. Facebook bought them for something ridiculous, like I think nineteen billion or something like that. <laughs> Oh my so that's the other thing. When you start yeah. to see where the marriages and where the family trees are in these social media houses, there's definitely some monopoly um, uh, lookalikes yeah. happening. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, hi, Andrew. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the question, Andrew. <laughs> yes, thank you. All right, so Lonnie was talking about um, the people that you are connected with on social, and that's actually the next thing that we wanted to talk about is audience segmentation, actually like dividing up your audience into um, more, more narrow and more tightly focused groups. And there is a fancy way to do that, which is referred to as personas. And basically what that is is you essentially create a fake person or a fake set of people and you essentially write a character biography for these people. You um, you flesh out all the traits, like what their roles are in their business, or if you're selling direct to consumer, what their role might be in a family, for example. Um, the goals that they have, whether it's their goals in business or if it's you know family, like what their goals for their family, um, challenges they might have, companies or industries they work in. All of these things where you've essentially created a biography of your ideal client that you want to pursue. And having that knowledge of the particular person allows you, in theory at least, to be able to understand them better. And then when you start crafting your messages, crafting the content, crafting the products and services that you offer, because of the fact that you've spent time trying to imagine this ideal client and what their pain points are, what their um, needs and wants and desires are, you're better able to fulfill those wants and needs and desires and to eliminate those pain points because you've spent so much time um, thinking about where they are and how the things you're offering to them can solve their problems. That's one very, you know, very intensive way to do it. Um, there's a less fancy way that works as well, and that's picking ideal customers. So think about your own business or organization and think about maybe the two or three people that you absolutely love working with more than anything else. Like if you had a if you had a cloning machine and you could walk those two or three people into the cloning machine and make twenty, thirty, ten thousand of them and have them be your customers, then you would be absolutely over the moon excited about your business. That is a much easier and quicker way to get at the whole persona idea, the ideal customers thing. And these are three of our um, ideal customers that we think about. Um, one of them is a, a founder of Women Inspiring Women, which is a, a huge networking organization here in New Hampshire. Uh, the gentleman in the middle is uh, Mike Agnan, who is a, a, a small business owner, a family part of a family-owned business with JG Real Estate. And the woman on the right, her name is Erica Murphy. She is the marketing and communications director for a um, slew of restaurants, um, the common man, 
family of restaurants as well as a, a couple of inns and a spa as well. And you should probably say Leslie's name. I didn't say Leslie's name. <laughs> My apologies. It's the founder oh, no. of Women Inspiring Women. My gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Leslie Surgeon would be her name. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, funny because um, I know two of these people. So I was like, no. excited when I went through this. I was like, yes, I know them. <laughs> Yeah, so we are. We look to engage with uh, passionate people, leaders, uh, people who are really excited about what they do, well connected, um, and and unafraid to try new things. Right. And so when we when we produce content, if we have these three in mind and saying, you know, is this something that would help Leslie? Is this something that would help Mike? Is this something that would help Erica? Like that helps us focus what we deliver very well. And it helps also. We have we have a, a a group called the Aha Tribe, which is a private brainstorming group, and they they are in there. And we also so we actively field questions from them and from the other groups, so we know what they're thinking a lot and what what does keep them up at night, and do our best to answer those questions. That's excellent. That's a great service for sure. Thank you. Um, and then the third major trend that we wanted to talk with everybody about here is attention. So this goes beyond engagement. So this is the thing that is even better than engagement. Because engagement, as it's described in every social media textbook, is basically um, whether somebody clicks a like button on your Facebook post or they click the heart to, you know, to like your tweet or they actually type in a comment. Um, which means they're responding to you. Like these are the things that are tracked as engagement. But attention is actually something a little bit deeper and a little bit more committed. And the way that this is happening these days is, and it's funny, Sherry, um, we were talking about this just before we started the webinar. Um, it's all about video, video, video. You're seeing, I'm sure nowadays, as you look in your news feed, you're seeing more video like you see on the left-hand side. Um, when people are sharing video, it's showing up more in your news feed. Um, you're seeing video more often in your tweet stream too, if you're on Twitter. And um, even on even on YouTube, video is evolving to the degree where like something like The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, which is, I mean, it's on network television, but we all know how people are flocking away from network television. They're not watching things in real time. They're using TiVo or their DVRs to do things, or they're skipping it entirely. They've cut the cord and are just not bothering. So this is how um, The Tonight Show is making sure that they keep everybody's attention. They're actually taking individual show, individuals' shows and slicing them down into different uh, clips and creating playlists. So they actually have a playlist for every single day that they have a show. So this is a great example of uh, every one of you as a media company, because yep. you'd think that they could rest on their laurels and just produce their, their singular show, but they understand that their job is to segment their content to reach people in a specific demographic. You know, maybe the people who, who enjoy Justin Bieber aren't the same people who are going to watch... Um, was another guest that's a Amy Adams, Amy Adams. Yeah, on screen here yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so they they're kind of giving um, specific audiences bite-sized chunks of what they actually want isn't mm -hmm. that, so I mean, that's fascinating to me I mean it's because if you think about it you know we were talking about this recently if we should take some of the video that we do uh, some of the tapes and and cut them down we're gonna index them too but obviously that's the way it's going because people want so I'm just I'm gonna just guess, but people are looking for something faster and more directed to what they're interested in. 
It's a mm -hmm. real challenge. It's a challenge to get anybody to watch a video that's more than two minutes, let alone sit down and watch something for an hour. It's and most of us. One thing I've seen that's happening is uh, these two-minute videos that are auto-scrolling into longer videos, so they'll catch you, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they'll just. So I, I, I always laugh at myself, like I will just assume if I will watch fifty two-minute videos. <laughs> 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 but I won't watch one, you know, big long one. <laughs> I'm with you. Minutes. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Or watch like a six second Vine video, yeah. like in loops, For an hour. you know, yeah. right? <laughs> so, um, not the same one. That would be weird. No, that would be weird. You're right. <laughs> uh, so, just to give you an idea of how, um, just how intensely social media is now doubling down on video. These are just a, a few stats that will possibly blow a mind or two here or there, I hope so. Um, Facebook Live, um, this is Facebook's live streaming platform. They have uh, tested it out with celebrities in 2015, and now they are going to have it roll out to everybody in 2016, so you can become a broadcaster straight from your the Facebook app on your phone. Um, Twitter is <laughs> one of the big live streaming situations. In fact, I think that's why Facebook really kind of jumped on the whole Facebook Live situation, because uh, they're tweet live streaming things where you could actually broadcast a live stream video through your Twitter account. Um, that went from nowhere as a, a thing to suddenly becoming the big thing of 2015. And there was a company called Meerkat that started it that, um, that did so well that Twitter freaked out basically and they had bought a company called Periscope uh, about a year or so prior and when they saw how bad, how well Meerkat cat was doing they said oh gosh we got to get periscope up and running quickly and so that's what they did and now you know, periscope is probably the leading um, the leading live streaming app YouTube just rolled out a service called YouTube red which is a subscription service so you can actually pay money now to YouTube it's still you know all the regular stuff that you are used to is free but now there's another level where not only you can get exclusive content, some of their most popular um, channel uh, creators are creating extra exclusive content just for the YouTube Red subscribers, but you can also um, sign up for it and not be served ads anymore, no advertising, which is kind of like what Hulu is doing, because now Hulu has two different levels where you can have one that shows you ads in between your programs versus paying for one that, uh, a higher level one that doesn't do advertising anymore. Um, and then Snapchat, which Lonnie mentioned uh, earlier, uh, and that Gary Vaynerchuk is really bullish about. Uh, I know a lot of folks think that Snapchat is just for the kids, and we heard that language about so many social media platforms over the years that it's that that almost in itself is a cue to say, hey, it's time to pay attention to this one because if the kids are deeply invested in it then it's going to start working its way up the ladder into the 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds and then 40-year-olds. Again, it's keeping in mind that it's not about the platform, it's about the way people communicate. And mm -hmm. definitely the, the youngins are teaching us <laughs> and our whole culture, uh, you know, new ways to communicate. Here, they, they don't have as much patience <laughs> mm -hmm. as they did before. Um, you know, of the moment content is very hot. Um, mm -hmm. Where you, uh, attention, the Snapchat, leads in attention because you cannot ignore snaps. I mean, mm -hmm. it is, uh, you can't, unlike uh, where YouTube, you could start playing a video and then walk away and make a sandwich or whatever. And decide, maybe I'll come back and watch that and maybe I won't. Um, you, 
Snapchat knows that people who are consuming that content are uh, have their attention on it. Yeah, you have to pay attention to it because you blink and it's gone, literally. You have to be directly engaged with it. And so they did, did you I mean so I don't think you said it out loud. No, I didn't say it out loud. 7 billion video views per day as of January 2016 and just to give you an idea, Facebook is around 8 billion video views per day. So it is hot on Facebook's heels for that. And Instagram has just increased the video length. They used to only allow 15 seconds of video. Now they've actually upped it to 60. And um, personally, I had a moment where I was like, I don't know if I want to commit to any Instagram video that's more than 15 seconds. I Did get you? a little sad, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but because yeah. when you start getting used to the platforms and and the constrictions that they have, you know, you mm -hmm. kind of are grateful. So when they start to morph into the other mm -hmm. platforms, you're like, oh, no. Right. <laughs> well, Facebook is also the owner of Instagram, too. So, you know, that's more, more of that family tree thing that you're talking about. Um, so Lonnie also mentioned that Gary was going to show up in the presentation later, and this is where it is. Um, so in talking about whether it's video or really any other kind of content, um, these are sort of the, the characteristics of the best attention-grabbing content out there. Um, first of all, it's native, which basically means that it looks like uh, it belongs on the platform that you're sharing it on. So, for example, uh, with Instagram, Instagram shots are often very much taken in the world. You know, they're, they are out in the real world, as opposed to, say, if you are a company that sells shoes, for, you know, just to pick one example, um, you wouldn't necessarily take a you know an awesome pair of shoes and put them in a light box and and shoot them you know very carefully and well lit uh, in you know in your studio so that way it just appears as just the shoes on a white background like you would see it in a product cataloger on a on a website on an e-commerce website. You want to see those shoes on somebody's feet in an awesome location like that is native. That's how native to Instagram would appear. Instagram, yeah, catches your emo emotions. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So content that looks like it's native to the platform that it's on. Um, doesn't interrupt. In other words, there's all sorts of personal things being shared on social media channels, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And then you got all of us businesses chiming in saying, hey, we, you know, we're businesses. We have stuff to say too. But it still has to be um, the same kind of conversation that people are having on the platform and not give people the jarring experience of, oh, an advertisement just showed up, even though it's not even necessarily an ad. That's a whole separate thing. Even just the organic content shouldn't come across like an ad. It should come across like something you would naturally see on the platform. Um, it doesn't make demands very often. And again, that's setting the expectations with your audience, the demands being, you know, come to our website, you know, use this coupon, sign up for our newsletter, buy this product, those sorts of demands, basically, any sort of um, business-focused call to action. Um, it's micro, meaning that you don't really want to do giant epic things on social media. I mean, again, set the expectations with people, but for Three the most part... Three-minute video is a giant epic thing. Yes, exactly, <laughs> mm. exactly. For the most part, you're looking at, you know, a, I mean, ooh, a minute? Like, I almost like grimace in saying a minute. Like, a minute is really pushing it at this point. I mean, that's not to but, say, I mean, there are plenty of examples of longer, mm -hmm. uh, longer form that are working, but you've mm -hmm. got to know the general rules so you can break them. Yep, exactly. And consistent and self-aware. Consistent being that you are in your platform of choice, you are regularly on there, and you are 
you're aware of what you're creating as a brand. So self-aware and not necessarily from the sense of people outside looking at what you do and being able to say that they know exactly what's going on with you. More that you are conscious about the type of content that you're producing, that you are doing it with an awareness that you are trying to project a certain image of your brand, knowing, of course, in this world of social media that all of that is kind of out of our control. Like, it's in the control of the customer now what, um, what your brand identity is. You can start the conversation and say, well, this is what our brand represents. This is what we want your experience with our company to be like and what you can expect from us. And customers will be able to take that and say, well, yeah, it is. That's, that is right. That's consistent. That is the kind of experience I have. Or if it isn't, then they will you know, take that and run with it too, heaven forbid. But being aware for yourself of the image that you're trying to convey and being consistent with it throughout everything that you do is huge. Hmm. Wow. Are we going I, too fast? I'm is, just uh, like, and, you know, there's just... I, I, it's huge, you know, it's, I mean, it's the internet, you know, you think it's like it's the universe, right? So it just feels so huge. <laughs> I've been watching a couple of those like, uh, visualizations of the universe now, because now they just said that, like, we're not even part of the Virgo cluster of galaxies. We're in some giant, like, the Virgo cluster is now in a giant super cluster of galaxies that's called um, Maniakia actually. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And Lonnie was looking at me like, where is this going? And I'm like, you know, it just happens that they were studying this in Hawaii and they gave this giant supercluster the name Laniakea, L-A-N-I-A-K-E-A. So, and I was watching that video on Facebook of the visualization of this supercluster of galaxies. And the video was like one minute and nine seconds. And I was like, all right, I'll assume the nine seconds is like... For- <laughs> For more, you know, for more information, come to our website. Was it oh, worth it? Was yeah, it worth it. Okay. It was worth it. So it was, it was native. Are you saying it was native to the platform? It didn't interrupt. It was engaging. To yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, it hit on, on all cylinders. <laughs> so you. So realistically, you're saying you, the snips should be less than a minute. I mean, typically yes. to, to grab people. I will say it, it, it does depend on the platform. So okay, yep. Facebook has very short attention span, um, specifically, mm-hmm. um, if, and in your strategy. So, so there is a general rule of shorter videos better. Um, however, so in your case, you are keeping YouTube as your library of content, you know, which is legitimate. And, and we have done the same thing. So an hour of content, um, it is fine if that's where you um, where your content is living so right. it still gets um, you know attention with with the search engines it represents your business and shows that you're always growing and you're consistently adding content but like you had just mentioned on your own sherry that maybe one thing you could do is take some of your favorite videos and take you know 30 second one minute um, excerpts out of them and share those on on Facebook right you know, so they're teasers. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're teasers of your longer content. Um, but you have to let people that what Gary says is jab, 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 right hook. His that's the analogy that y- the right hook is the sale. Jab, jab, jab is the hey, I want your attention. Look at what I, you know, I have things to share with you. It's give, 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 and then sucker punch them. <laughs> sale, really. One way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But I mean, it, it is. It's. I mean, our language is more like. Be a be a professional flirt, and not not in a icky way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, right. But, you know, um, 
flirt, meaning, you know, be fun and engaging and, and someone who's always offering, you know, a fresh conversation, a fresh perspective, you know, mm -hmm. and then say, by the way, like, here are other ways you can work with us. Right. So the idea then of producing all this content um, can be overwhelming to some folks. And so we like to think of things um, in terms of the 80-20 rule and getting as much of the value as we possibly can out of the content with as little effort as possible. And there is a big trick that we have to that. And it is basically this, mastering, saying the same thing 12 different ways. So back in the day, we had created what we used to call a social marketing content ecosystem. This is another thing that we had back in 2009 where um, the blog post was sort of the hub of our existence and we had everything automated. So anytime we published a blog post, it would automatically go over to Facebook and maybe we would write like a two-line intro to what the blog content was and link and have people click back over. Same thing with Twitter where it's just um, a brief introduction of it and then tweet it and then go back to the blog to read it and that sort of thing. Uh, it works more or less the same way, but there's so many other ways that you can do this now. If, for example, and Sherry, this seems like it could be right up your alley with um, what we were talking about with YouTube, for example, um, taking snippets of YouTube videos and sharing them directly to your Facebook page, whether that is um, sharing it um, as a link to back to YouTube or what is probably much more effective these days, um, actually uploading the video itself to Facebook or even just snippets to Facebook and saying for more of, of what you're watching here, go to our YouTube channel or subscribe to our YouTube channel. All of this stuff can be brought over and be content fodder for all of the different social media platforms that you operate on just by that one piece of content. It can populate multiple social media platforms. All you have to do is just be able to master the idea of writing a quick introduction to the content that you're sharing on a platform and doing it in a way that makes sense for the platform. So Facebook, much more cocktail party conversational. LinkedIn, much more, you know, business mixer kind of situation. Twitter, um, <laughs> yeah, Twitter is its own animal. Um, Twitter is basically, you can still, you can still talk to people normally. You don't have to um, truncate everything and make it look like it's um, coming from a texting teenager or anything like that. You just have to be very quick and to the point on on what you tweet and share, especially if you're linking out from Twitter because that then cuts down on the number of characters you have to use. The Twitter, ironically, it's the most disposable um, content uh, publisher, but it's also the one with maybe the, the most potential to connect with real people one-on-one. -on -one. If, you, you, mm -hmm. if you tag someone specifically, you know, there's more of a chance they're going to respond to your tweet than if you sent them an email or sent them a LinkedIn message. Right. Um, so, you know, the, the, the uh, dichotomy of some of these, mm -hmm. it's almost, um, it's enough to put you in a loony bin, really. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly can. Um, and if you're, if you're comparatively old school, like say you've got email newsletters is what you love and what you, has worked for you very well, this works the same way, taking you know pieces of the content that you publish in your newsletter and sharing those out bit by bit on your social media channels. And hey, you can drive people back to your email newsletter and say, hey, you want to make sure that you get all this awesome content that we publish in our newsletter, make sure you subscribe for it because you might not see it on social media because, of course, you know algorithms are so arbitrary in that sense that you don't necessarily know. In fact, 
that's you know another one of the reasons why this whole thing about repeating yourself is okay because that reach on social media is really comparatively minimal and so these are uh, a couple of the frightening stats about what reach is really like these days facebook post reach is about 10 percent ish assuming that people actually see your post and don't just blow by it in your news feeds um, when when facebook decides to put um, one of your posts from your business page into the newsfeed, it automatically says it's reached a particular person. But the person could be just scroll, 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 and not even really pay attention to it. So you'll still have reach registered for it. It's like you've actually reached a person, but they may not have even paid attention to it. So it's really hard to say whether that 10% is actually even 10%. It could be a lot and less. By the way, we just shared this at a, at a uh, workshop, this little and I thought, I think 10% is way higher than what I, I've seen 3 to 5%. Yeah. Um, so this was a study so, that was done in February of 2016, yeah. and it was actually up from 5% in January. Yeah, so so 10 is on the high end of anything I've seen it for two years. Yeah. Uh, but what I want to say is if you are listening to this and you want to start crying, <laughs> yeah. we can take a moment and let you wipe your tears because... Um, I didn't mean to laugh at people no, crying, by no, the way. No, no, it's just, it's frustrating because we had a whole, uh, we had uh, 30, you know, entrepreneurs and small business owners saying, are you just telling me, they're like, no wonder no, there's no engagement, no one's seeing my stuff. Uh, um, yeah. A couple of years ago, Facebook was much, much more successful in getting people's attention, getting people's engagement, but the, uh, now Facebook is primarily a pay-to-play model if you want if you want the eyeballs, the attention, you have got to put the money in their advertising system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so you know, what I'm trying to spit in is good news. Like, if you're wondering why your engagement's so low, it that's just what the game is now. So it's not it's not you. It's Facebook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you got to wonder well, could... how do you how do you capture that ten percent. What do you oh. what do you post? I mean, it's funny because you know I re I listen to podcasts and so forth, and so a lot of it, you know, I heard not too long ago. You have to have some kind of graphic, or video, or something because just having words doesn't work anymore. So the the brief thing on Facebook's newsfeed algorithm. So most people, when they show up at Facebook. Um, they're looking at the newsfeed at facebook.com or they're seeing the feed on their app. They're not actually coming to your page if they're seeing your content. So the way Facebook determines what shows up in that newsfeed, um, there are literally more than 1,000 different like pieces of their algorithm. But the three main things that you can think about are, number one, recency. So all other things being equal, Facebook is more likely to show something newer in the newsfeed than something older. Um, the second thing is the type of post because Facebook wants to be engaging because if you're just scrolling through a bunch of stuff and you're bored and you're not doing anything, then you'll leave Facebook and then Facebook won't be able to sell, you know, advertising to you and so that's a bad thing. So they've had, you know, more than 10 years of history of people seeing billions of posts and they know what's engaging and you're right, it's photos and video and we're even seeing like shared video. Um, taking a spike. It used to be that if you share, if your page shared content from another page, that you were only doing that for karma points more than anything else because you would get absolutely zero visibility out of your sharing. But that has changed particularly with video. 
uh, and only with video, where if some other page is creating video and you share it on your own page, you're going to get tremendous visibility for that share, and you never had before, and it's another part of why, or another sign of how Facebook is doubling down on video. So even then, it behooves you as a content producer with your own Facebook page to create more video that can then be shared because as people realize, oh, people, you know, oh, like if I share video, now it works. Like people are, are seeing it and looking at it. So if you're one of the providers of video, you have an opportunity right now to be shared and be seen much more readily than you ever had before with um, posting video on Facebook. And, and the tricks on video, so, so little ninja tricks, if there are people in your video that you can tag, um, tag them, let them know they're in the video because that's, that's when you have a chance in heck to get organic reach, mm -hmm. to get, um, you know, people want to see themselves, want, if they're told in any kind of content that they're being talked about, you know, they, they will be curious. Oh, yeah. And, they, and if it makes them look good, they will share it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, we'll Absolutely. certainly make sure we tag you guys. <laughs> we post <Awesome>. this. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. I mean, because we're, we're, all, we're all curious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're all curious. What are they saying about me? <laughs> you know. Yep. That's right. Um, for Twitter, it's a little bit better on the reach side. 30% uh, of your following, if you're tweeting three times a day for at least a week, that you can get up to. And LinkedIn, you can actually get better. You can reach up to 66% of your connections, but that is only if you post every single weekday in a month, and that's so about 20 posts a month, and you can reach two-thirds of your audience. But still, you know, it's not your whole audience, but, man, that's a lot of work. Yes. Yeah, the competitiveness for content mm -hmm. way, way low on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. The attention is different because everyone, uh, they're much more formal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so mm -hmm. if you are willing to play the LinkedIn game, mm -hmm. um, it's it, the stats are it much could more be promising. Quite lucrative. Hmm. So, on the automation side of things, the way things are now, um, there's very there's great value to batching your content. If you are able to block a little bit of time for yourself to preload content uh, for your social media platforms then so much the better. Maybe that doesn't necessarily work. Maybe it's easier to just do, you know, five minutes at the beginning of the day to find a couple of links that are worth sharing, um, then do it that way too. But um, Facebook has direct scheduling of content, so you can actually schedule out in advance all of the posts that you want to post on Facebook. Um, if you go to facebook.com slash Twitter, you can have everything that your page posts uh, actually automatically be um, posted to your Twitter account as well, which if you're not into Twitter and it's not your thing, we still recommend that at the very least you get a Twitter account and get one in your business's name, protect your brand identity for that, and then just hook it up to your Facebook page so a baseline of content is being published on your Twitter account. So at least anybody who's looking for you on Twitter will see something there and know that you know there's, there's a way for them to engage you on the platform that they want to engage you on if they decide to. Yeah, at least exists. Mm -hmm. At least uh, people are pretty, pretty forgiving. Those who like Twitter, if they see a brand or a human being, um, if their account is just publishing, um, republishing their Facebook posts, there's a level of forgiveness. It just doesn't, it's like, oh, at least it's still better than not being there. Right, exactly. Um, two tools that we use that are, are free and that are very helpful are Hootsuite 
and Buffer. And they're just at Hootsuite.com and Buffer. I have, that's actually BufferApp.com. Um, Hootsuite will allow you to schedule other um, platforms like Twitter and um, Instagram and LinkedIn. And we definitely do not recommend that you use Hootsuite to schedule Facebook because Facebook um, will actually ding you. They won't let you. They won't um, let your content be as readily seen in Facebook news feeds unless it's actually being posted through Facebook because Facebook wants your eyeballs on Facebook so that way they can show you advertising. And so, um, if you're posting stuff from Facebook outside of Facebook, that doesn't make them so happy. Um, but Twitter doesn't mind at all because Twitter doesn't have an algorithm. It is just the straight reverse chronological stream of whoever you're following and whoever everybody else is following. Um, and then there's another site that we use to get um, to get really geeky, and it's called ifttt.com, which stands for if this then that. And one of the things that we use it for is it used to be the case that if you were posting a photo on Instagram, you could share it straight through to Twitter, and that's another one of those automation you know awesomeness things. Just that the little touch of a of a button on your phone, your Instagram photo goes straight over to Twitter. But Twitter started getting photos into their own, you know, tweet streams, and they said, we're not going to play nice with Instagram anymore. So instead of letting your Instagram photo actually show up as a photo in the tweet stream, now it just shows up as a link to Instagram. So not very engaging that way. But the site IFTTT uh, can create recipes where your Instagram photos actually show up as native photos in the tweet stream, which is really awesome because then your image is right there and it makes your tweet stream look so much more compelling than just a bunch of Instagram links. Just to be clear, this is stuff that uh, Alan sets up for me because um, I, I, I'm like, here, you handle this. But I, um, I, I love Instagram and, and I can't believe how much different, how much more engagement and how when I'm able to leverage my posts. Like just today I posted a photo of my cat and dog that were both sleeping on the same doggy pillow and it was very heartwarming and immediately I, I did Instagram and it automatically goes on Twitter, it goes out on Twitter and um, I can't believe how many people liked and retweeted this mm -hmm. because they were able to on Twitter. Um, I mean that the, mm -hmm. the image the image does win. Yeah, and to your credit too, Lonnie, like I know you'll say, you know, you need me to set up for the technical side, but often the conversation starts with you saying, <laughs> I know this must be possible. Well, well, I'll see it. I'll see someone do it. I'll bring it to Alan. I'm like, this is possible. Please figure it out. <laughs> You're challenging him. That's what it is. I give you a challenge. Oh, well, <laughs> mm -hmm. as yes, you should know that, that that sentence goes deep when you are married to your business partner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I do, and I do it all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Use it. <laughs> we make them better, don't we? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Uh, let's see. So, <laughs> kind of threw me a little bit there. All right. Um, all right. So we have we have uh, definitely evolved from this craziness to you know going down to something that looked like this in 2009 to simplifying platforms a lot more. And this is where you know we look at on um, what platforms. I know. I know. We're we'll I, talk about okay. it. Okay. All right, so the big four that still, like, even after all this time are still are still the ones. Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, absolutely still kings of the heap, um, have stood the test of time. Instagram has absolutely um, joined those, um, those other three 
to become a platform that is here to stay. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they were one of the first ones that was actually truly successful on mobile. It was a mobile-only social media platform uh, for the longest time before you could even access stuff for it on a regular website. Which is why Facebook mm -hmm. um, bought them for $1 billion and put their uh, Instagram CEO right next to uh, Zuckerberg. In the in the Facebook offices, they Facebook wanted to know how um, how they mastered mobile. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, you know there is a different mindset. Facebook was first created on desktop, and so they had to shift how they thought of uh, content um, sharing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, also, of note on Instagram, if you're not familiar with it or or don't really understand why it's worth anything, um, not only are hashtags very popular on Instagram, but the, the big win on Instagram was published, or we saw it published last year, where engagement on Instagram was something like 158 times. More. Oh, what right. Was that, or was it percent? Was it 158 percent? I think it was 121% greater engagement on Instagram than on Facebook, and something like 78% um, greater engagement oh, on Instagram per follower than on Twitter. It was, it was reported by Forrester Research. They had done a study of engagement on seven different social media platforms. And, um, and Instagram absolutely won out as the king of engagement per follower. Wow. Yeah. And then um, from the niche for, uh, for Pinterest, of course, Pinterest is still a heavily female, um, heavily visual, heavily aspirational platform. Um, if you're trying to reach um, younger audiences, Snapchat, 138% is the way to go. Um, um, I'll also say Snapchat if you want to just try to figure out where communication is going. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is just it is uh, the learning curve is a little tough. Mm -hmm. It's a little tough, but once you once you start playing and uh, let yourself play, um, you will see that the world is different. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I do note that we are just coming up on eight thirty. I have about I think five or so other slides here, and I just want to at least acknowledge that we're, uh, you know, where we're at on time and, and see if it is okay that we, you know, continue on with where we are. Oh, please. I have oodles of questions, too, but it's, so okay. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to keep them all in. <laughs> so. All right. Um, Twitch is probably a social network that a lot of people haven't heard of, but it's actually got more than 100 million folks involved in it. It is a gaming social network. There are, like, uh, social networks for video gamers that um, people who post videos of themselves playing video games and millions of people queue up to watch video just recordings of them doing playthroughs is the uh, the language for it of actually just just playing the video game um and then you and then youtube as a niche and lonnie looks at me askance when i put this in a niche thing it's a niche because a it's a video only platform like it doesn't allow you to do other types of content like say facebook or or um, or LinkedIn or any of the other things, and they've essentially created like their own TV station. A lot of folks who are successful on YouTube have essentially created their own network for oh, all intents and purposes. But I still think for Google search for for mm -hmm. I, I think it belongs on the maybe we do the big five and the niche whatever. The niche three. Okay. All right. It is the it we is disagree. All right. It is the as far as like the number of internet searches. Google is number one for processing internet searches. Um, YouTube is number two for the amount of actual searches that are processed in a given month. YouTube is number two, and Twitter is number three. Mm, wow. All right, so 
Um, talking about disposable content, which we did uh, mention a bit earlier, um, photos in short form video, um, those are the places that you want to go. Uh, thinking of it as disposable or snack size content, um, it's easier for folks to, to take in. It's more affordable for you to produce. It doesn't have to be polished. There, you know, there's a place for one or so, uh, you know, nice, highly produced video a year, if that maybe. But um, you can't be that precious about, especially about video. You have to uh, be able to take the iPhone or the Android phone that's in your hand and just roll with it, and it's okay. People actually expect and and are perfectly fine with you doing that. We have seen some companies make some big big mistakes by having, say, a budget of five or ten thousand dollars for the year and deciding to put it all on one corporate video, which sits happily on their website and never gets any any traction at all. Then they could have used that. We they could have used that same budget and all day long, like, had a video a day for a year, which yep. would have been so much smarter. Mm -hmm. um, right. Just a different way to look at things. And, um, you know, if you have to get past the CEO and, and show them numbers of what the real world is in engagement, mm -hmm. um, you know, work your butt to do that if, you, if you're working with someone. If it's you, um, yes, smaller mm -hmm. more often is better than one big one. Yeah. That yeah exactly, and then um, there's a there's a term that was coined by a, a very smart guy called David Meerman Scott. Um, he's the guy who wrote one of the seminal books on social media, the New Rules of Marketing and PR, and he came up with this term newsjacking, which is the idea of playing along with current events. Kind of have to be a little careful with this one, depending on the type of current event. Uh, but just to give you an idea, for example. Um, you know, the new Star Wars movie just came out on video. So if I wanted to write, an, you know, an article about what the new Star Wars movie taught me about social media marketing, for example, um, it's something that could catch people's attention because people are talking about the fact that the new Star Wars movie was just released on home video. So it's something, a topic that's in the news. So it has people's attention to begin with. And if you're able to write something that is relevant to your own industry that your audience wants to hear and you can hook it to something that's happening in pop culture or current events that people will that will give you an opportunity to garner a little bit more attention. You know what Kim Kardashian taught me about taking selfies, for example. <laughs> like I'm sure there's a lot I could learn, and sometimes even bad examples are good examples because um, I I certainly wouldn't be taking a lot of topless selfies. I don't think. But um, well, you'd probably be a hit. You, uh, very kind of you to say. Um, also, uh, another trend that's very important that doesn't necessarily fit in with the, those broader uh, ideas that we talked about earlier is how um, everything that you're thinking of needs to be thought of as being seen through a mobile device first as opposed to thinking that people are going to be watching these on desktop or laptop computers. Just to give you an idea of the penetration of Facebook in our, in our little state here of New Hampshire, 790,000 adults are on Facebook. That's of that's out of a population of, it's actually 1.3 million in the state, but... Of the whole population. But yeah, we're not talking, yeah, but that includes all the children that are not age eligible for Facebook. Ultimately, it's like around 80 to 85 percent in, in New Hampshire is, you know, behind the country comparatively. But then when you look at how many people in New Hampshire are accessing Facebook from a mobile device, um, from Apple devices, it's 390,000. Android devices, it's 310. So of that 790,000 adults on Facebook, 700,000 of them are accessing Facebook on mobile devices. 
So yeah, over you know, over ninety percent. That's how crazy it is. Worldwide, ninety-three percent of Facebook's active daily users are accessing Facebook from a mobile device. Fifty-two percent of them are mobile only. They are not looking at Facebook on a desktop. So everything you do with Facebook has to be short, sweet, punchy. Like you know, get in, get out, make the impression, get the attention, and you know, and send them on their way. Yeah, so if you're someone who works at a, on a desktop and that's where you, you know, that's your your uh, uh, main um, hub, your main console, you've got to train yourself to see how everything looks on your phone and make sure that it's it's uh, consumable. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So even even though Facebook allows you to write something like um, sixty thousand characters in a post, um, there's no way you're going to put you know that kind of long diatribe on on your Facebook post. You're going to want to keep it you know around 40 50 60 characters um, really short you know 10 15 words at most um, and that way you know that or at least if you're going to go longer make sure that the gist of uh, the main gist of the message you want to share is definitely captured within those first few words it's in to get those words and to, to try to catch somebody in those words is tough yeah it can be absolutely and so um, you know, just ahead of, like, I think this is in a slide coming up, but um, yes, it is actually about three or four slides ahead. Um, the idea of just playing, um, whether you're, if you're a left brain person, experiment, if you're a right brain person, play. That's what it comes down to because your audience doesn't necessarily know what's going to work for them until it works on them. They, you know, they're not necessarily able to um, quantify it and say, well, I know if you put this kind of post on Facebook, then I'm definitely going to pay attention to it. It doesn't really work that way. Um, other Facebook things that we're seeing that really work, um, instead of creating photo albums, if you actually upload four or five photos for one status update, we're seeing a lot of attention being delivered to those. Um, there's a new function where um, pages that do, you know, if your business does events and you're putting those events on your Facebook page, there's actually a separate feed where people can subscribe to your events. That's another way for you to get um, visibility and attention on Facebook. Uh, and then we have seen uh, successfully people using one to two word headlines that kind of frame the posts that they're putting on Facebook, like breaking news or, um, you know, uh, update for fans or uh, got to read this or, I mean, you know, any other combination you can come up with. It's another thing to experiment and play with. It could even be just, um, uh, let's see, um, I think you're doing uh, 1031 exchanges. Next time, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, 1031 strategy colon, and then and then information about a with a particular post and go longer. It, so keyword summary. Yeah. One. To, you said one to two, but one to two or one to three words. One to three. Yeah. yeah. I think it give you a third. Um, Lonnie had mentioned that Facebook is becoming pay to play, and uh, it is very true. It's and becoming. It is. It, it is. That's Sorry. Last year. Thank yeah. you. Yes, you're right. Yeah. If you look at um, yeah, Facebook's ad revenue and stock price almost go hand in hand, basically, if you look at them. Um, but Facebook offers you tons of ways to advertise and to reach your audience directly, including like down to the device. If you only want to reach iOS users or if you only want to reach Android users, you can. You can create custom audiences in Facebook where if you have a newsletter list, for example, if you have an email list, you can upload that email list and it will match as many of them to Facebook profiles as it can and you can advertise to your email list on Facebook. It can look at those email addresses and say, well, for all of these people that you've uploaded in an email address list, 
we, we know that there are a lot of other people on Facebook who have traits um, socioeconomically, um, demographically, that are very much like the people on your email list, and they can create something called a lookalike list, which is the nearest thing to cloning your ideal audience that you can get, and you can advertise directly to that lookalike audience on Facebook as well. And uh, um, they have all sorts of other targeting options because basically it is the world's largest marketing database Facebook is. And you can do remarketing or retargeting, which is essentially um, putting a little um, bit of code on your website. So if people come to your website from your advertisement, it will put that little code as a cookie on their browser. And so I'm sure you've had the experience of if you've gone on to Amazon.com, for example, and you looked at um, vacuum cleaners. And then, you know, a day or two later, you're surfing on some random website and over in the sidebar, there's an ad for a vacuum cleaner from Amazon, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and that's what remarketing or retargeting is. It knows that you went and looked at it, and so it can show you the advertisement again. Because not everybody converts when they come to your website, so it's an opportunity to advertise to them again and again. And if you're advertising to somebody who's already shown a little bit of interest by coming to the website, then so much the better for trying to get in front of them a little bit more um, and create that opportunity. I was looking for with repeated things. spring dresses <laughs> the mm -hmm. other night, and, and I've mm -hmm. had them following me all week. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's so creepy, though. It's, it's like, how do they know these things? How do they know? But they It know. can be. It's all through the magic of cookies. Mm. It was cat treats for me. Oh, cat treats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and what I mentioned about Facebook ads, this, and also about organic content, too. Uh, the audience knows what works. They won't know it works until it does. So experiment or play and and be okay with the fact that you can, you know, fail at these things and learn from it. Um, it's all about testing, ultimately. Um, from the advertising side, um, split testing images. So, you know, try, you know, the same advertisement but with two different images and see which one works best. Um, and then, like, when, when it works, take that winner and publish it and uh, and put all your money behind it. Like, do small tests and find out what works and then put the money behind the big test. Um, just in anything like that you're posting for video images and thumbnails, be very conscious of what you're sharing um, as as they show up. Um, there was one video that um, we just saw a client of ours had posted a video and um, the caption that went with it was, these folks are so excited to be here. And the video thumbnail had two people that were caught in the middle of talking on video and one of them had his mouth open and was kind of like looked a little bit awkward, like, you know, that wrong freeze frame of, of things that happen sometimes. <laughs> and the other person was standing there listening to the other, you know, person, you know, that was on video with him talk. And the expression on her face was like so incredibly bored. It was like, it was just, it was awful. And so just being aware of the, of the images and thumbnails that you put out uh, is, is a good thing as well. And that is everything we have for you here. So um, you say you have questions um, lining up. So by all means, um, let's have them. Well, I, wow, it's just it's so it's just, it's it's massive. So if let's just say it's overwhelming, right? Because there's so much that you could do. So if there's one right. thing, and and it probably is dependent upon the industry, but if there's one place that you social media platform that you would use, which would it be? Well, you if, you, if, if you have some, if you have some uh, money earmarked for, uh, uh, for advertising, um, you're going to learn a, a ton through Power Editor of Facebook. 
So if you can, that's where you can literally um, locate your clients and your, you know, your future customers and clients if you're willing to roll up your sleeves and see what's there. And like Alan said, make some mistakes, but it's a low-risk game um, that can reap enormous rewards if you're willing, you know, if you've got the time, patience, and a little bit of money. When I say a little bit of money, I'm saying, as Alan just said, you can split test images and see which one works better and spend maybe $10, $20 to see um, what's working. And then if you have more money, you can put it behind the one that works and um, for, for, you know, the results you're looking for. Yeah, especially if you're, I mean, if you're a business that is doing any kind of print advertising, my gosh, like you get no opportunity to split test and it is so tremendously expensive. Um, take a slice of that and experiment with Facebook advertising and, and see how incredible and how powerful and how amazingly targeted it can be. I mean, then and then take your chance if you are willing to play with the you know, advertising on Facebook. There's short video um, versus photo advertising versus the photo carousels. We oh, just yeah. had a very uh, successful run with um, photo carousel advertising, which means we uploaded five photos yes. for an event. And um, for three days, put put some money behind it. I mean, I think it, just, just a couple hundred dollars for three days because it was mm – -hmm. and um, the reach was like 26000 um, targeted people and and we got um, noticeable sales spike so for the price of one ticket for this event that we're having we got maybe 20 20 new sign new eyeballs people we don't know oh, yeah that's, I think that's great I think 20 is actually the number that signed up so for I mean which was basically for the amount of money that we spent on the ad it was a 20 to 1 return yeah nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. It can happen that way. Um, one of the things that I've seen, I'm, I'm part of some, some different Facebook groups, and I've actually seen people post two pictures and say, which one would be more appealing to you? So they're kind of doing it prior to actually doing publishing whatever they're doing to try to see what the interest would be on different Oh, yes. Yeah. And so. it's great to have um, groups like that that you can collaborate in and have that sort of um, that open and giving relationship for it too. So right. if I if I were so I would not spend um, money unless you have too much to deal with <laughs> on LinkedIn because they they are um, consistently I think they're wackadoodle over there. Quite they're frankly. very expensive for the uh, yeah <laughs> wackadoodle. You know, did you just hear? I heard wackadoodle. I know what that means. Well, they, they think that New Hampshire's um, they. It says that New Hampshire has a population of 2.6 million or something LinkedIn users, which of course is not possible because our right. whole state is barely over a million. Right. So they, but they don't. No one apologizes. It's a weird little crew of there. But did you know that Wackadoodle was just um, became part of the Oxford English Dictionary? No, I'm so hip. That's <laughs> literally one of the latest entries of wow. it. That's. I was wondering well, if that's know. why you said it. As anyway. Usual. Cutting edge. That's yes, that's you. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say about LinkedIn, so don't spend money there, but get consistent there with your brand, with your presence, because um, people on LinkedIn, um, le less competition for whatever you're posting. Um, they are there for professional reasons, mm -hmm. and they are richer. <laughs> they have more money. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, tr truly, and you're going to um, connect with more influencers, more um, 
oh, what do you call them? Oh, oh gosh, no. Movers and shakers, but that I was I had a term in mind. I thought you had it with influencers, actually. Yeah, okay. Uh, influencers, mm -hmm. uh, people who are going to help you with your business. Collaborators, decision makers. Decision makers. Um, I would get your content consistent on there and play with Facebook advertising to, to find out which messages work best for your audiences. Um, and make sure everything's linked, like Alan said. Um, make sure that your Facebook posts that you that you do have a Twitter account, and it goes, um, you know, strategically. You want to be everywhere your people are in with the least time and money invested mm -hmm. <laughs> for, for yourself as possible. Word to your mother. <laughs> Can I ask another quick question about yeah. LinkedIn? What kind? Yeah. Now I know in Facebook, obviously you're doing pictures, and then you're gonna you're trying to hook. In is the content that you would use in Facebook the same as LinkedIn? LinkedIn seems like a different. It would need to be different. Or am I wrong? Yes, and um, LinkedIn incidentally will not tell you what drives their algorithm for updates that you see in their feed. Like I've I've asked even for the high level and they absolutely refuse to tell anyone. So it's anybody's guess except to say that um, photos and videos are more likely to be seen just because again, it's more engaging no matter what platform. But you cannot on. upload uh, you cannot upload videos to That's LinkedIn. Right. You can only you can share links. So this is where it gets tricky. So as we were saying before Sherry um, before we started um, that yes, it's important to upload videos to Facebook. Um, however, you can't then share that. If that's your main place you hold your videos, you can't share it on LinkedIn. Um, so having your videos on YouTube, having a YouTube presence, uh, allows you to then share your videos on, on uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you, know, you have to do it this way, unless, uh, unless Alan has another recipe from IFTTTTT. <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn doesn't play well with IFTTT, actually. So. LinkedIn does not play with the other kids in the sandbox. <laughs> However, one platform that we haven't talked about that um, we haven't touched on for a while really is SlideShare, which is basically like YouTube but for PowerPoint presentations. And it's owned by LinkedIn. So if you do a lot of PowerPoint presentations, then it might behoove you to consider SlideShare as an option as well. Um, when we were publishing content on SlideShare on a regular basis, we were actually seeing tremendous amounts of, of views on the slide on the slide programs that we were putting up. So so much so that we never understood why we didn't drop everything and just <laughs> just do things on SlideShare. We never did it. Mm -hmm. But but the it was re uh, outstanding mm -hmm. the um, views we got on SlideShare. So and so it might be a secret LinkedIn weapon potentially to yeah. check out. Huh. So is um, that so a SlideShare so you simply just upload say a PowerPoint that with no audio and no um, um, I think we would we would have to just make sure it's still breathing. It's still it is still breathing, and there was a no. It is still breathing, and there was a uh, we did video on there or we did audio attached to it at some point yeah, on there yeah. too because we did that for our Twitter flight plan way back when. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I. I would need to check in and see what, what might is going on the SlideShare these days. But yes, yeah, seeing what what the modern day SlideShare is and looks like, but I do think it still mm -hmm. works well with LinkedIn. Yeah, well, they own it. Yeah, well, I mean, what is what is uh, just making sure that we cover her question. Mm -hmm. okay. The question was uh, what platform? Like, if you had to pick a if you had to pick a platform with LinkedIn. 
Oh, yes, uh, LinkedIn, so what to put on there, and can it be? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, uh, if you have an image, images really make a difference about mm. catching, if you can upload an image with, with your, um, with your content, that's great. You can know? you do the inspirational quotes like you see in and around? Um, I, I just uh, heard from people who are adamant that you cannot do that, that, <laughs> that, that please don't. But I, am, um, I kind of think that if you're willing to um, play the game differently than what everyone else does, you are going to maybe be divisive, but you'll, you'll catch mm -hmm. different types of eyeballs. And it also probably depends on the network like you've cultivated, rules. too. No, you don't. <laughs> no. no. I, <laughs> but it depends on the network you cultivate and on your own personality, too. Yeah. I mean, if that is your personality, then people should already know what they're getting into when they've, when they've connected with you to begin with. That's the thing. A lot of people are, are trying to make the rule. They, they say that they can't publish certain types of content because, quote-unquote, that's not what other people are doing on LinkedIn. And I say... That's not what other people are doing on LinkedIn. You know, publish that, publish the fresh content. Um, you know, give people on LinkedIn something different to look at than than um, stock images. You know, give them something. If the content is good, mm -hmm. so if you have a great photo that you took um, that accompanies a blog post, use that. Don't use don't use the polished stock images because. It just blends in. It's like looking at wallpaper. It's the mm -hmm. same, you know, it doesn't catch anyone's attention. It's not, you We've know. all seen people standing over a computer and pointing at the screen. <laughs> you know, we've all seen somebody, like, smiling at a conference table. You know, we've all seen, like, you know, people standing next to each other, like, looking at an architectural drawing. Yes, yes. So it is really, it's a personal preference, but, um, but like, the stuff that Alan and I post... Uh, it may not be for everyone, but it it it's it has um, more times than not gotten us the the right kind of clients over and over again when we have been willing to uh, be much less than perfect in terms of our content. You guys um, are great. You guys are great. While everyone's telling us you can't do it what this way, we're like, yes, you can. <laughs> That's because you guys Actually, are genuine. So, and I really I love that about you guys for sure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. But um, so what? What? One of the. I know. I'm sorry. I'm keeping you late, late, late. So this will be the last one. I promise. Um, That's okay. Anything about now? What's interesting is we started doing podcasting, so I haven't heard a whole lot about like we'll take a video and we'll do an audio for it, and I haven't seen a lot of sharing of that. Do you? What do you guys think about? taking a video, turning it into a podcast, or just doing podcasting in general? Because I know there's a lot of people that listen to podcasts, but... Well, first of all, Sherry, did you know that <laughs> the man here, uh, Alan, has the only daily Star Wars podcast on the planet, and he is at episode number 644 and... goes live tomorrow. 644. Well, I'm asking the right people, then. <laughs> yes, Tell me more. You know, over a hundred countries. So yes, he he is he is kind of a savant on on podcasting. <laughs> That's um, fantastic. So your your question is, um, do people uh, take their content and turn them into podcasts? So I will say specifically, Gary V. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he does. He has sh a show, but uh, Vaynerchuk is 
He's at Gary VEE on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's his handle on Instagram too. But he, he does a daily video show that becomes his podcast. Right. He just so takes the audio out of it and then uploads that to um, his uh, – usually it's, usually it's Libsyn, which is Liberated Syndication. Um, Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com, which is probably the preeminent host for, uh, hosting company for podcasts. So if you have, you personally have the bandwidth to, to do this, you know, this strategy, or you outsource it, which can be done very uh, in, inexpensively, yep. to, if you are creating great content and um, want to turn it into podcast content, absolutely. Uh, and the way you can do that is um, you just, or on, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, my, my brain just got tangled. <laughs> Like taking the video and doing audio from it, like yes. just yes. Mm -hmm. So you you have done that, Alan, right? You've stripped. Yes, mm -hmm. I have. Like uh, audio is. Let me just finish that sentence. Okay, stripped go ahead. Audio. Yes. Stripped audio. You, you haven't just stripped. No, I haven't. <laughs> no, remember the Kim Kardashian selfie yes. thing? No, I haven't. Um, despite your suggestion that it would be good, anyway. Um, <laughs> so yes, I've taken um, video video and um, just pulled the audio out of it and used the audio for podcast material. Absolutely, it's um, there's a if you're just doing it from YouTube, you can just type in in a Google search, type YouTube to MP3, and you'll find websites where all you have to do is just post paste the link to the YouTube video, and it will give you a download of an MP3 of the audio from that YouTube video. Um, it's it's so easy, it's ridiculous. Um, and, I mean, that's one way that you can do it if you already have a ton of YouTube video that's uploaded on your own channel and you just want to start pulling it out that way. Um, and even then, for outsourcing, uh, they don't have to have, a, you know, it's you don't have to give a person access to your channel. You just have to tell them, here's where my channel is. Go through all these videos and um, put them through a, a YouTube to MP3 converter and um, get me MP3s for all my um, for all my uh, videos, and then you can you know upload a bunch of those and schedule them out as podcasts. It could be that simple. And then um, go to a website like say Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, and um, find somebody who can produce a uh, opening and closing thing for your um, podcast, like a little voiceover and something that says, you know, welcome to the financial freedom classroom where you're going to learn A, B, C, and D. You know, now here's your hosts, John and Cherry Locke, right? And then um, just, and it can be that simple. And then um, in a free program like Audacity, um, it's, it's almost like using Microsoft Word where you, you know, cut, copy, and paste and move the pieces of audio around to combine them together. Right. Oh, gosh. So how, I guess, okay, so this is the, this will be my final, final question. <laughs> That's all right. So, do all you, right. so when you share, for instance, like you want to share a podcast, what I've done is I just throw the link in there and share the podcast. But for Facebook, now you can watch videos, but I was looking, can you upload audios so that they can just listen in Facebook or no? No, you cannot do that. But what you can do with, um, if you use a podcast host, um, which is just basically saying it's a place where you can upload all the MP3 files and it will create a feed of them that gets um, submitted out to iTunes so people can subscribe to your podcast through iTunes or um, to any of a number of different apps that work for Android like Stitcher or Overcast, I think is another one. 
Um, and by the same token, it can also share out automatically to Facebook as well. So um, you can click play right in the in the Facebook feed, and okay. it will show um, a graphic of you know your podcast logo basically while it plays the audio. But you can't really upload MP3. You're actually um, uh, pasting the link to where it is in the podcast feed. It sounds a little more complicated than it is, but ultimately it, it becomes one of those things where um, I just, you know, I just told it I wanted it to post to Facebook and I told it what my Facebook page was and it said, um, click here to connect your podcast feed to your Facebook page. And I clicked the button and it said, great, it's now authorized. And that was it. And now it publishes and I barely, you know, I barely had to do anything to make it happen. Wow. That is awesome. Well, congratulations on your show too. That is a, that is a commitment. <laughs> six hundred over yeah. six hundred episodes. That is commitment. So, congratulations yes. for that. That is a lot. Slightly I so, insane. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Slightly Lane. insane. She said, and yes, she's right. <laughs> well, this has been so fabulous. Any any other parting words that you want? Because I I've kept you so long, and I'm gonna just bring us back to. Uh, I'm going to bring us back and throw up my screen so everybody can see your contact information. To contact them, you, everybody should check out the AHA tribe on epiphaniesinc.com to have all this great content that they're sharing. Um, any parting words, you guys? Oh, uh, we first one, thank you for uh, inviting us to talk with you this evening. We really appreciate it, and, and uh, we are... Um, we really root for the underdogs <laughs> and mm -hmm. for people who have some skin in the game and are willing to, you know, to work with passion, with vision, with, with um, you know, a, a spark, a hope, and a creativity that they can, you know, what they have to offer is something valuable and fresh and fun. So, you know, keep up the good work wherever you are, you know, and like we said at the beginning, even if you could get 10% better at any or all of these platforms, you are doing better than most people who are staying underneath the overwhelm umbrella. Mm. And, and don't be afraid to fail at this. Don't be afraid to experiment or play and realize that this is all a learning process and that your audience is learning about what works for them just as much as you're learning what works for your customers. Don't give up. Um, don't let yourself get overwhelmed. If you feel yourself getting overwhelmed, take a step back, breathe, and focus on one step forward at a time. It is just one foot in front of the other. Remember that song from the old Rankin and Bass uh, Christmas special? Put one foot yes. in front of the other. You know, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, Rankin. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, isn't that a Romeo... Romeo, uh, Romeo, uh, Romeo Emilio, yeah, he's the, yeah, he's the writer of it, Rankin yeah, and Bass were the producers, okay, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I think it was Fred Astaire actually saying that one. <laughs> yeah. That is so yeah. true. Oh my God. Yeah, have, have some fun and, and, you know, you got to keep learning. That's if you can just um, take a breath and put in perspective and look at these as, as t the tools are not the end, you know, the goal is to, what, inspire your audience, engage with them, you know, let them know that you exist and let them know that you are, you are there for them to, to help, to support, to, you know, collaborate, whatever you want to do. So don't, don't get overwhelmed or, or stopped by, you know, the tools 
as themselves because you were playing a bigger game. Right. That is great advice. No doubt about it. So I just want to thank you again. I would love to have you uh, come back. Certainly, I mean, things change so rapidly and we lose platforms and we gain platforms. And uh, if you might consider maybe coming back to talk to us maybe next year and see what's changed, because I'm sure it will. <laughs> We'd be honored. We'd be honored. Thank you very much. Thank Tell you, John guys. we missed him and we hope he's doing well. Well, he'll be here next time, I promise. Okay. <laughs> it's All right. when he gets out of the house, believe me. <laughs> 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 Thanks so much, you guys. All right, thank Absolutely. you. Have a great night. Thank you. Thanks. So I'm just going to wrap up and say you can join us and you can check out our blog regularly at financialfreedom.com. And uh, you can like us on Facebook uh, at uh, facebook.com, financialfreedom.classroom. And please send your questions anytime to Sherry at financialfreedomclassroom.com, and I will answer them. And if you would please share any of this information with your family and friends, we would greatly appreciate it because it can help someone. And next time, we are going to talk tax deferral for real estate investors, 1031 exchanges with Scott Saunders from Asset Protection, sorry, Asset Preservation Incorporated. So that is going to be a great talk. He's going to talk, we're going to have him, and then we're also going to have someone else who's going to talk a little bit about REITs also, which will be very, very interesting. So I want to thank everybody for spending your valuable time with us, and have a great evening.